0: If I couldn't narrate this book, I guess I would choose the adult version of my daughter.
1: At the end of the day, we need to tell our stories and make sure that our children see themselves reflected in the public.
2: I kept asking myself, why did you write so many characters in the same room at the same time?
1: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks.
2: In this episode... Meet actress and singer Hilary Duff, human rights lawyer Qasim Rashid, and author and comedian Carrie Syme. Discover the special reason each author had for writing their stories, and why sharing them with children and families is so meaningful. Plus, hear what it was like for them to record their audiobooks. Enjoy!
0: Hey there, I'm Hilary Duff, and this is My Little Brave Girl. My little brave girl was born in a Brooklyn apartment. One night after work, I had just started shooting a TV show that I was working on, and my daughter was three and a half, almost four months old, and she had a pretty fussy start to life. So she wasn't the easiest baby. She was super attached to me, which is obviously a wonderful thing, but kind of challenging when you have to start work again. And I was starting to shoot another season of Younger, and I was still nursing, and I got home just in time for my last feed. I think it was midnight, and I remember holding her and just being completely devastated by how many hours it had been since I saw her last and, you know, what the season held for my long shooting days and being away from her and how I was going to possibly get through that. And the idea was kind of born right then and there for the book and the inspiration behind it of like, wow, this is just one of the many ways that she's going to have to be brave and I'm going to have to be brave. And that's a big theme throughout parenthood for me. I have an eight-year-old son, so I've been here before in just knowing that, like, it's such a wonderful gift to watch your child grow, but it's also so bittersweet because it hurts, you know, to watch them not need you in certain ways, and then they need you in other ways, and I guess just letting go of certain controls, which is completely natural and obviously such a great lesson for the parent and the child, but just difficult. It's heavy on the heart. So this book really was born that night. And I just started as I was holding her and nursing her, I just started jotting down different thoughts. And I'm a a little bit of a hippie where I just love the earth and elements. And if you notice, there's a lot of connection in the book between some darkness that you might have to go through in life, but you also will always find the light or that things sometimes get really deep, but you will learn how to navigate through. So there's a maturity woven through, but it's also for a young child and a parent to look into the future and kind of daydream about watching a a young girl come into her own and be really brave as she does it. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that would be impossible because I talk a lot. <laughs> Maybe not like overly emotional because I've read this book obviously so many times now, but I would say it's emotional. It's amazing to have the feeling of getting to the end of the line. You know, this has been almost a year-long process now working with my editor and my amazing publishing house and the illustrator who's just a magical human being. So it's emotional, you know, I feel like finally it's all coming together and soon it's gonna be in the hands of a mom and a daughter who might really need to hear this. I'm not gonna pretend that going through my daily life I have trouble pronouncing things sometimes because I'm a mom of two. And I'm currently pregnant with my third, so I feel like my brain is split in half, or like in thirds, and then there's like a little sliver left for me. But in this particular book, given that it's a children's book, there was no words that were necessarily hard for me to pronounce, but I wouldn't put it past me in the future, guys. I'm really excited about this project as a whole. It's tough to pick out one particular piece of writing that excites me. The book is really about... Growing up, feeling strong, feeling confident, knowing your power and trying to know that at a young age, I guess I'm excited for mothers to kind of get the depth that is behind it and then for a child to feel the lightness. It's filled with adventure and the illustrations are beautiful and they're really personal to me. There's a page where there's the mother and daughter sitting on the kitchen counter And they're dipping strawberries in sugar, and that's something that I always used to do with my mom when she would bake and we would be in the kitchen together. So there's a lot of personal memories peppered throughout the book, but really all of it. If I couldn't narrate this book, I guess I would choose the adult version of my daughter. So, like, I obviously love my kids and having kids, and they drive me crazy as well, but can't wait to see my kids have kids. And so I guess if we could hold off and then do this in the future, it would be really cool to have my daughter, who this book is about, narrate this book and be reading it to her daughter. My son and I just started a Harry Potter audiobook, and he's eight, so it's a little advanced for his reading. But we can follow along, and so we've been doing it in the car. And it's been amazing because the Harry Potter journey for me was such an important one that's really fun to go down this road with him again. And we usually do it when we have, like, a car ride to school. We drove to San Diego, and we listened to it on the way there. It's a big project to take on, but I feel like it's been a lot of fun for us. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. The world is big, my little brave girl. It's all here for you. Love is vast, my little brave girl, and yours is endless. The sun burns bright, my little brave girl, and you will find the light.
1: Hi, this is Qasim Rashid, author of Hana and the Ramadan Gift. I wrote my book because I believe representation matters. I was inspired by my children who love reading. And about 12 or 13 years ago, I pitched this kind of an idea and was told there's no market for it. I continued to push and eventually we found the right team of editors and publishers and my agent who made it possible. At the end of the day, we need to tell our stories and make sure that our children see themselves reflected in the public. And I hope that this book contributes to that conversation to have our literature be more reflective of the beauty and diversity that is America and the world. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be humbling. And the reason why is because I reflect over the authors and the thought leaders who have come before me to lay the groundwork to even get here in the first place. And I hope that this contribution adds to that growing body of literature and inspires newer and younger authors to continue to write their narrative far into the future. I didn't have difficulty pronouncing any particular word, however, we did have to make a conscious decision on how we pronounced certain words that aren't common in the English language. For example, Ramadan or Ramazan. Both are common pronunciations and we chose to go with Ramadan. Same with iftar, the meal at the time of breaking fast. A very common way to pronounce it is iftar in the Western world. We chose to go with iftar because it was more authentic to the original pronunciation. The goal ultimately was to make sure that we are introducing young people to language that is common to people who practice Islam, to Muslims, and make them feel comfortable with it. And I feel like we accomplished that. I'm excited that listeners will get to hear my voice as I give my rendering of the characters, of the story, and of the impact that Ramadan has had on my life. As parents, my wife Aisha and I have three amazing children, and a common experience that many parents have is a child wanting to hear the same book 300 days in a row. Hopefully, parents can just put this on audio with the book in front of their child and save themselves some trouble as well. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast a person named Mufti Muhammad Sadiq. The reason why this man is so significant is because he was the first missionary to preach Islam in the United States in the 20th century. At a time of Jim Crow America in the early 1920s, his mosque was the only place of worship in the entire country where you would find black, white, Native American, and Latino Americans worshiping together. His entire ministry embodied this principle of human dignity, of service to humanity, and love for God and love for humanity. Because of his example and because of his immense impact on America, I would be beyond privileged to have him narrate this book. I don't typically listen to audiobooks, however, I make an exception with LaVar Burton's podcast because I grew up on Reading Rainbow and I grew up hearing him read to us, and so it makes sense as an adult to enjoy that same experience through his podcast. I love the way he approaches reading books because he ingrains himself in the characters and makes you feel like you're part of the story. That was something I tried to accomplish with my book here as well. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is while I'm running. I'm not one for listening to music while running. I prefer to listen to music while I'm writing or eating. But while I'm running, listening to an audiobook is a great way to zone out, get into the story, and enjoy your run. And now, I hope you enjoy this clip from my audiobook. When her dadajan gently shook her awake, Hana Noor opened her eyes slowly, confused by the darkness. The sun hadn't even risen yet. But when she saw her grandfather smiling down at her, she remembered. Ramadan Mubarak! shouted Hana, jumping out of bed. Hana had been counting down to the first day of Ramadan, the holy month of fasting for Muslims. And now it was finally here.
2: Hey, this is Carrie Syme, and I just finished recording the audiobook of Horse Girl. I wrote Horse Girl as a love letter to my sister, Lindsay Syme, who is the OG horse girl in my life. As kids, we both went to horse camp one summer, and I realized that I was terribly allergic to horses. But Lindsay kept taking lessons, so I spent many hours after school sitting in the freezing stands of that stable, doing my homework, watching Lindsay ride a real horse named Clyde Lee. So sort of all inspired by this real horse and my sister. I love the sister relationship in the book. It's very Ramona and Beezus. And I relate to the older sister, but I think anyone with a sibling will get that relationship. You can fight mercilessly and annoy each other, but you're always there for each other when it really counts. On a larger scale, I wrote Horse Girl for anyone who feels lost or awkward or like they don't fit in. It's for anyone who is searching for their forever herd. And then I'll just add, my literary inspirations for this book include, of course, Black Beauty by Anna Sewell, as well as King of the Wind by Marguerite Henry, who also wrote Misty of Chincoteague. And then, of course, all of the Saddle Club books, the Thoroughbred books, Jane Smiley's many books, and, of course, the movie Mean Girls. Hmm. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be giddy-up. I knew that narrating this entire book by myself would be an incredibly daunting challenge, but I wrote a story about a girl who's facing daunting obstacles, literally in terms of the actual horse jumps, and then metaphorically in terms of facing her looming fears and her loneliness. And so when I was offered this incredible opportunity to narrate, I thought, well, if my character can literally leap into her fears, then so can I. It was really scary. I fell off the horse, so to speak, many times while recording, But I am proud to say that I got right back up in the saddle every time. I put a sticky note up with that Glennon Doyle quote, we can do hard things. And I am proud to say that I did this hard thing. So giddy up. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the disease that our horse Clyde is diagnosed with. It's called, um, deep breath. Osteochondritis dissecans. I think. But also what was really challenging, even more difficult than the pronunciation, was going back and forth between so many character voices. I was in the Groundlings Sunday Company in L.A. where I did tons of characters on stage, but you're only playing one character at a time in a comedy sketch. And in recording this book, I had a dozen characters often talking in the same scene, which was a lot. And I kept asking myself, Why did you write so many characters in the same room at the same time? I'm proud that I was able to bring so many characters to life. You know, I was lucky enough to be a narrator on my first book, The Flying Flamingo Sisters, but that was a multicast recording, so I only had to prep one character voice. And for Horse Girl, I think I had 14 or 15 characters, so... Their voices may not always be completely perfect, but I hope their personalities and their eccentricities and their humor shine through. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would make it a multicast project. Then I could cast a bunch of people, including my sister, Lindsay Syme, who is an incredible actor who does voice dubbing for Netflix and a bunch of other places, January Lavoie, Who is one of my all-time favorite narrators. And then I would throw in some of my comedy heroes like Mindy Kaling, Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig, and then some of my other comedy friends that I met at the Groundlings like Michaela Watkins, Edie Patterson, Roxana Ortega. Let's see, who else? This is going to be the biggest production in the history of audiobooks. Maybe the entire cast of Schitt's Creek. I just want everyone. Can I just have everyone? The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Just really anything by Neil Gaiman. His voice, his stories, put them together, and it's just magic. I just started listening to Everything Sad is Untrue by Danielle Nayeri, who also narrated. It's just such a beautiful story told with so much honesty and humor, and he brings it to life just beautifully. I love Becoming from Michelle Obama. You feel like you're her best friend, which is what else could you want in life? And then one of my favorite multicast projects is The New Kid, which is a great middle grade book with an extremely talented cast, and they're just very authentic and endearing performances. I love listening to audiobooks while on a walk or a run. It's just magical to slip into another world as you wander outside. I have covered a lot more ground and a lot more audiobooks this year. It's been one of the rare good things to come out of a tough year. And now, listen to a clip from Horse Girl. I honestly don't care if everyone at school thinks I'm a horse girl weirdo. I think anyone who doesn't love horses is a weirdo. Ponies are my passion, and I am leaning in. Unfortunately, Clyde is only mine on lesson days. My family can't afford our own horse, unlike most of the girls at Oakwood who are practically born in a tack room. So we have to make the most of our time together. Clyde Lee may be just a stable horse, but that just is the single best thing to happen in my entire life. On the day of my riding lessons, I run, gallop, home from school, and fly up to my room as fast as my clumsy feet can go.
1: This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.
0: For
2: more Behind the Mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.